Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Now, please welcome, all the way from their front living room, your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Hey folks and welcome to another Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Hi everybody. And today we are going to discuss, that was a bit weird, wasn't it? Today we are, it sounded like Christopher Walken, we are going to discuss Akashic Records, the Akashic Records. I don't know if any of you have heard of that. The idea of the Akashic Records is, is it's somewhere where your your whole life, if you like, has already been mapped out for you. Everything that you've done in the past is in there, everything you're going to do in the future is in there, etc. Et Why are you looking and smirking? Oh, I was just thinking about what you told me yesterday, what you thought it was called. No, no, okay, that was something else. Okay, all right, now I've got to tell him, and I? Yeah. I was hoping to keep that as it is. Actually, there's something that goes along with that, because there's something your son said to me afterwards, which I thought just totally blew it out of the water. Okay. When I was doing the research for this, I found that the first mention of the Akashic Records actually started off in Hindu text, and it was written in Sanskrit. <laughs> that little giggle is what all this is about, because... I thought that, and I've thought for years and years, that it's sand script. Not... That's what it is. Sand script. It's not Sanskrit. That's what I just said. It's not... It's... Yeah, but I thought it was sand, as in they find in the desert, script. Well, that's even worse. I know. Well, that's it. <laughs> well, you always watch it. When when you're watching sort of like these things about the pyramids and everything, they always talked about Sanskrit. And 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 I just assumed <laughs> they were saying Sanskrit. So, you know, my mistake. But do you know what the worst thing was? Was that I was telling I was telling your son about it yesterday. And I said, Bryce, do me a favour. Uh, how would you spell Sanskrit? And he said, S-A-N-S-K-R-I-T, I believe. And I went, oh, great. I said, even you know. And he went, what? I said, I thought it was called Sanskrit. <laughs> and, and he went, well, don't worry, Shell. He said, it's been around about 4,000 years. He said, I guess somebody in 4,000 years has got it wrong as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's charming, that is, isn't it? That's like what Trump did the other day, isn't it? Someone said to him, you're not a very humble man, are you? And he said, I'm actually a lot more humble than you would understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what do we see? That was on the news that was or something, on the news, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that he said um, that he spoke to the president of the Virgin Islands, which um, the American Virgin Islands, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is you know that's him. I know <laughs> he just hasn't got a clue, is he? If somebody were to shrink Donald Trump, dye his hair green, he'd look like an Oompa Loompa. That's true. Actually, if mm. they were to shrink Donald Trump, his hands would disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, we've totally moved off of the yeah, yeah, um, yeah, thing okay. now. They've just written some entries in our Akashic Records now, uh, and it says bitch. <laughs> yeah, but you already knew I was a bitch. No, 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 I'm not on about you, I'm on about we were being bitchy. Oh, yeah, yeah. good answer, good save. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so, the Akashic Records. So, I went on to a couple of websites, and it's funny because there aren't really many... And please don't be offended anybody whose websites I've taken information from here, but there doesn't seem to be any sort of credible, in my mind, websites to go to. There aren't any scientific websites that talk about Akashic Records because it isn't anything that either can be or has been proved at this stage. So therefore, you're relying on, uh, in a lot of cases, websites that are written by people who this forms part of their belief rather than it being anything of any substance. Isn't that like... You know, religion, 
Well, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Mysticism, all the little crystal healings. and I mean, I'm sure people that believe it totally believe that it works. Well, but... it's, it's funny because I, I actually think that maybe people who believe it, it does work for them. Well, yeah, because it's all that placebo effect. Well, exactly. I know someone who used to suffer really badly from warts, and I mean really badly, over their face, A frog. hands. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're not listening. <laughs> She went to a faith healer and the faith healer did whatever the faith healers do. But this person is really, really heavily into the Bible and God and everything. So when they went to the faith healer, they totally believed that what was going to happen was was going to work. And bearing in mind that they've been to doctors for years and years and years, dermatologists, everything to try and get rid of these warts, which just kept on appearing. Nothing ever worked. Went to that faith healer within a couple of weeks, gone. Never had them since. Science couldn't sort it, but somehow this faith healer did. So back to what you were saying, yes, I think that people that may be involved in crystals and believe in crystals, maybe it does work for them. Maybe they are calling on something. Maybe they're calling on their own internal placebo effect, like you said, and their body is healing whatever it is or making them feel better or or whatever, but maybe there is something extra well, that's how come people believe in magnet therapy and yeah. bee stings and well, I mean, I suppose bee you can prove bee stings. Yeah, exactly. That's a chemical thing. And I, I would not allow myself to be subjected to bee stings on purpose because it's not nice. Well, do they actually let the bee sting you, or do they extract it and then just no, inject you, you with it? No, they let the bee sting. They, they hold a little bee in like tweezer thingies, and they put it against the person's skin, and then they. If I knew that I wasn't, I don't know whether I'm allergic to them. If I knew that I definitely wasn't allergic to them, then I'd go for the therapy because... Well, we could find out. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Put those tweezers away. <laughs> so I back to the story. I went to a site called enlightenedbeings.com, which is just one of the many sites, like I said, that I don't necessarily know that I believe all of this, but this is what they say about the Akashic Records. So it says here, the Akashic Records stem from the 5,000-year-old Sanskrit word Akasha, which means space. It actually means, if you go other places, it actually means ether, okay, as in the ether, yeah? yeah, yeah. yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. The Akashic Records are the hidden library in space, a secret hall of records which can be revealed by divining into the subconscious mind in a deep state of meditation. I always said medication then, which I suppose (laughs) it could be as well. The Akashic Records may be better understood in our technologically advanced world as our astral internet or universal wide web, where anyone can access any information they need at any time about anything and anyone. So, like, if I squeeze your nose, that'd be a button and you can find... Yeah, you see what happens when you squeeze my nose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the Akasha exists in the subconscious level, the state of awareness just before you wake up in the morning or right as you're falling asleep. Now, this is the only place that I've actually heard this mentioned. Mm-hmm. Other places believe it is actually a physical place or a physical plane, at least not within your own subconscious. But, you know, we'll go with that for a minute. Only through a deep state of meditation can one bridge the gap and read what's in this massive informational data bank without losing consciousness and falling asleep. Or drugs. They can use drugs. Yeah. When we step beyond our normal chattering ego-based mindset and into the silence, we can hear, see and feel this information as if God was whispering it to us. What if you don't believe in God or what if you believe in many gods? 
Well, I suppose it could be your God, couldn't it? Because it is in Hindu text, as I said as well. And there are lots of different religions that talk about, and we'll go through this later on, that talk about something being written in the Book of Life. So it's not always referred to as the Akashic Records, but sometimes it's referred to as the Book of Life. Or Ours would be a comic book. Probably. Yeah. It may be one of the most misunderstood secrets that modern-day humans have yet to discover. Reading our own records can be one of the most exciting and amazing experiences of a lifetime. As you have access to thousands of past lives, you truly come to know the multidimensional being that you are as these divine condensed bits of information come into the consciousness mind in a split second. Okay. So it says, being capable of knowing the intimate information in your own Akashic records is priceless. The ability to explore these hidden ancient records that are buried within our subconscious is one of the most freeing, healing, and completely natural, spiritual, inner experiences one can have. All that's required is a deep relaxation, vigilant focus, an open mind, trusting heart, and a willingness to explore the unknown. But if you have access to a thousand past lifetimes and that, right? Mm-hmm. You'll be whatever age you are, plus a thousand, by the time you get to look at it all. Yeah, well, I mean, there is... Or can you, like, fast-forward bits and... People, when they die, have always said, don't they, their life flashed before their eyes. Now, I don't know whether that's a metaphor or whether they actually do see elements of their life flash before their eyes, but if it takes them three and a half seconds to reach the top of the build from the top of the building to when they hit the floor, and their life's flashing before their eyes... How much of that is actually played in three and a half seconds? Of course, someone who's taken three and a half seconds to fall from the top of the building to the bottom probably didn't say the life flashed before my eyes because they were they dead. They didn't have a chance to yeah. say anything, yeah. But you can look at it like this, can't you? Scientifically, they say that the longest dream ever recorded was, what, seven or nine seconds, something like that, something crazy like that, and yet we can have a dream and it can seem like it's taken most of the night. I don't know, maybe these experiences are played back to us quicker than what we would live them. But it's funny, is this information held in this ethereal plane, if you like, or is it held within? I remember I was telling you before when I was giving up smoking years ago, I went to a hypnotherapist and we'd gone through all of the hypnotherapy thing and it was the last session. And they actually said to me, or this hypnotherapist actually said to me, I'm going to show you now the power of hypnotism. He said, we've gone through all of this giving up smoking stuff and you're doing really well on that. And I just want to now leave you with an idea of how powerful this is so that you know that you can lean on this knowledge later on and know that it's supporting you through your giving up smoking. And I said, okay. And he put me into a trance or whatever, got me relaxed. I want you to imagine yourself in a room and there's doors. And in my head, I saw like a normal room and two doors. And then he said... It's a round room, and automatically the room changed into this big round room. Mm-hmm. And he said, and there's doors all the way around this room. Everywhere you look, there's a door. So all of a sudden, this room was getting bigger and bigger in my mind, and all I could see everywhere I looked was doors. And he said, I want you to pick a door and just go through it, and on the other side of that door will be a memory. And I went through the door, and if I hadn't have actually been the one who was hypnotized i would find this difficult to believe but it is honestly honestly true i went through the door onto my playground when i was about eight or nine years old in school where i was having my safe cycling tuition so there was a police officer there who was doing the safe cycling course and someone else and then there was one or two teachers that had come out with us and a whole group of kids all with our bikes that we brought to school that day 
and I could see the weather, I could see the grass, I could see the kids in front of me and behind me that I'd totally forgotten about. I was able to see past the play yard and see the fence of the school and then the buildings behind that and the road and the cars going past, which were cars of that era. I was in that time at that Mm -hmm. point. Everything was in perfect detail as if I was stood there. I'd forgotten about that day. Yeah. It was totally gone. And yet this hypnotherapy regressed me, if that's the right word, back to that period in time. And I was reliving it as if I was eight, nine years old, actually stood there. But were you looking at it like it was a movie or were you there? No, I was in it. You were in it. yeah, Yeah, I was in it. Which I guess when you think about it, that's what I was. I'm remembering me in it. I'm not remembering me external to it, am I? Well, no, but you can... You can do it either way, you can, can you? You can... I would think or that... Or like Ghost of Christmas Past type thing where you go back <laughs> yeah. and see it. Yeah. Because uh, people listening to this don't know this, but you're almost fully qualified as a hypnotherapist, aren't you? Well, I'm working on it, yeah. So uh, from your perspective in, in the hypnotherapy, uh, have you done... Have you touched on regression and that kind of thing yet? No, not yet. But it's coming. I believe it's the next section that we have to do you are so gonna regress me when you've done this i want to find out if i was a pretty young lady in my previous life okay or a goldfish (laughs) yeah exactly yeah (laughs) i probably was actually i like swimming it could be (laughs) so back to this uh website this enlightenedbeings.com it asks a question how is akashic information stored and it says it's stored through your birth name birth date And each person's Akashic information is stored and can be found. Your information comes through a certain special blueprint frequency of energy that is completely different and unique in vibration from anyone or anything in the universe. Now, this is the bit where I start to, they start to lose me now because... And how do they know? (laughs) Well, this, this is it. This is where it starts to lose me because they start using things like frequency and vibration. But frequencies and vibrations can be measured... Right. So I don't know how, why they say this. And you, you tend to find this a lot with these new agey, if you like, types of, of websites where they start talking about frequencies and vibrations. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm not saying that at all. I don't know the answer, to be truthful, but I would have thought if it was a frequency which can be measured or if it was a vibration that could be measured, there would be scientific proof. So maybe it's something else. Maybe it's a frequency that can't be measured by our meters or apparatus. Don't know. But if that's the case, how do they know it's a frequency? So it continues on by saying it acts like a fingerprint which is embedded and encoded into the Akasha, thus showing up as your personal Akashic record. This is your soul's book of knowledge or database of information containing the most important and vital information about your soul's mission, purpose and journey in this lifetime. It's like our DNA, but... Well, yeah, (laughs) DNA doesn't hold memories though, does it? We don't know what DNA can do. I mean, there's still probably loads of stuff. I mean, there is loads of stuff that they don't know about Well, I suppose DNA. you could look at it as, as a record, really, couldn't you? Because the, the DNA is still a record of who your family has been and your family history and <laughs> what, what part of the world you hail from. And a lot of people say that the DNA can record or can show up details of diseases you're going to pick up in the future. So you could look at it as a record of what's going to happen as well. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, probably. It's like a... 
psychic DNA or something or soul DNA or I mean I would yeah soul DNA that would work wouldn't it yeah instead of the Akashic records it's soul yeah, DNA soul DNA you don't see copyright that no. <laughs> so it says here our past is essential to realizing and understanding the life path we're on right now without the past we would have no concept of who we are today yet many of us have become too attached or over identified with our past and cannot see the entire forest through the trees so I'm not going to go on all the way through this. There's a lot of information here on tips of, of actually accessing it and what have you. And if you want to find out more about this and if it's something that you believe in, then you can go to their web page. Uh, the link will be in the show notes for you. Yeah. Or you can just go smoke something funny or whatever. We can't be seen to, to be advocating drugs we're not I'm advocating not drugs advocating drugs but didn't you say that there was a course that you could go on to learn how to do this yeah. and it's like i need just find the sheet and i'll tell you exactly right so one of the things that bugs me about this kind of thing okay and it bugs me because if i had the power to be able to access my own akashic records and other people's I would like to think that I would use that in a good way. If you believe in these higher beings, these enlightened beings that are guiding you to raise your vibrations, etc., etc., then I would have thought that part of you becoming more enlightened would be helping others to do the same. Mm-hmm. And while I totally, totally get the fact that people have still got to earn a living, I get a little bit pissed off when I start to see... All of, when I searched Akashic Records, and you guys do it as well, when I searched Akashic Records on Google, I found like the first 12 to 15 pages, and then I got fed up, were all these sites that have no basis, in my opinion, for giving out the kind of information they're giving, because none of them are actually proving anything or showing anything, but they are charging crazy amounts. This one site I went on said that if you want to do the Akashic Records Level 1 study... This miracle-rich five-part tele-training system is designed to teach you how to instantly access your own record while in the comfort of your own home so that you can access limitless divine guidance and healing. Cool. So it's that easy that apparently they can teach you how to instantly access your own record. But for that, they charge you $497. <laughs> you know, it's that easy. You can do it instantly in your own living room. $497, please. You sound like an infomercial. Well, it check could, this could, one out. You could, hold on, hold on. Listen, like, you could sit on your couch and be a couch potato and become enlightened. How, how cool is that? Well, exactly. For only 500 Exactly. You don't have to go out and do good or anything like that. You can access your records, anyone else's records, and then presumably just bleed off of the information. You know, you've got someone here, or, or another course they offer, Akashic Records Complete Certification and Home Study Program, so that you can go out and teach other people. Well, you can sit online and send people MP3s yeah. of how to do this. This miracle rich. All right, now it's a miracle. Apparently it was easy, anyone could do it, now it's a miracle, okay? Mm. This miracle-rich three-level training system is designed to teach you the following. Level one, learn to access your Akashic record. Level two, learn to access the records of others, because apparently it's a totally different thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, apparently it's a totally different mechanism. Well, because you can be self-aware, but then you can be... You can you can see... Other... Worldly-wise. <laughs> exactly, I mean, we're talking the ultimate stalker. Six 
billion and something, was yeah. it? Yeah, there's people that go on Facebook and troll. Do you imagine all of the data that you could get if you could access everyone's cash? You'd be able to know exactly what Donald Trump's going to do tomorrow. Yeah. If, if it was really that easy, we would know straight away. There would be no Cold War because we'd be able to... Or this thing with North Korea. We'd be able to look up Kim Jong's fucking Akashic record and go, <laughs> oh, actually, he's not going to be... He's not going to be bombing us tomorrow because it's not written in, in the thing. Spy spy yeah, organisations yeah. would have a field day with this. Well, we've solved the world's problems now because apparently for $1,897... That's solved. We can do it. <laughs> the world's problems are over. Yeah. yeah. So obviously there may be people that are listening who totally believe in this stuff. But as you can tell, we do have our own opinions sometimes. But we're not knocking anybody who believes it. No, no. If you just, believe it, then just, that's absolutely fine. Give them your money. But but you know what? If there is somebody that is listening and they do believe it, we'd really like to hear from them. Yeah. Because maybe, maybe we're looking at it and... The wrong perspective. Exactly, exactly. And please, you've got our email address, weirdwackywonderfuloutlook.com. Send us the information that you have. Change our mind, please. Yes, and we would do a whole other show. Exactly. In a totally different tone. Exactly. But for, for, for the purposes of this show, continue. Yeah, well, if you've got <laughs> $497 to be able to learn how to access your own, or if you've got 1897 to be able to learn how to access your own, other people's, and also... And this is the this is the doozy here. Facilitate healing. You can actually facilitate healing once you know what's in there. So for that money, you could become a doctor. That's one thousand eight hundred ninety-seven dollars. And if you find that those two are a little bit too expensive, then you can actually heal your money story, which is <laughs> which is apparently altering your money story in the book. So now you can edit the book. Yeah. <laughs> And you can edit how rich you're going to be, and that only costs you $400. Yeah? If you want to actually be able to coach people into doing this, then it's at the really, really cheap cost here for this MP3, $4,997. Wow. And then you'll have to do a shitload of heal your money stories. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't get it until you hear your money story or else you can't, you can't afford, afford to buy it. the thing. Exactly. That's crazy. Well, I must say, although this is a totally another tangent, I hate, I really, well, you're, supposedly you're not supposed to hate anybody, but whatever, this is our show, so I can hate if I want to. <laughs> I hate people, organizations, whatever you want to call it, who scam innocent people or gullible people gullible people i've recently experienced a scam which i'm not going to go into detail but i can tell you that i felt like a real idiot at the end of it and once i saw it from the other side i thought how the hell did that person get me to do that yeah and there's a little voice in the back of my head going and i don't really think this is right but i still did it yeah well that's because everyone wants to believe that there are good in people and that they're not going to get scammed but unfortunately there are these people in the world that take advantage and i think i think personally and it is only my opinion i think the sites that are charging $5,000 or 
almost $2,000 for something which apparently anyone can do instantly. You can't use the excuse now, well, I've got to make money, I've got to live too. Mm -hmm. Because if it's that easy... There would be no need to learn it in the first place. Well, no, you it's not that. You wouldn't need an instructor, that's it's for sure. It's not that. If it's that easy for someone to be able to teach someone how to do that, it can't have taken her, this woman who's doing this particular thing, a lot of time to create this MP3 that she created. And I, I mean, she might have jingles and sound. We do a podcast every week. We're not charging people to listen to this. If at some point we want to get advertising on this in however many years' time or whatever, if we decide to do that, that's still not costing anybody who's accessing this information anything. Yeah. This is somebody apparently who's got a gift for humanity, something which can change not only people's lives, but the whole direction that their soul's going to take, so their eternal life, if you, if you like. And yet, they're not prepared to sit down for an hour and create an MP3 on their own and just give it out. And just and just send it out. It costs nothing to email it to people. We're, we're sending this out across iTunes, Stitcher. It's on CastBox. It's on Cast SoundCloud. Box? We're on CastBox? I don't even know what yes. that is. Before I forget, I'm sorry to interrupt you. The last show that we did, the You Matter lady, yeah, she deliberately did not put anything on it. No marketing. Exactly. Nothing. And I'm assuming that... She, at her own expense, was probably the one mailing and buying the stuff to get this stuff. Exactly. Now that is a complete contrast. Exactly. To and, this. and she's not doing something which is going to change your eternal soul. She's doing something which is going to make you feel good and hopefully get you to spread that onto someone else. I just, I'm sorry, I can't see how someone can sit there saying that they're an enlightened being and charge that kind of money. For helping people. Right, so we're going to move on now and stop. Yeah, I'm calm, I'm calm now. I'm, I'm mellowing now. Not off the soapbox, are yeah. you? So the first reference in scripture to some unearthly volume is found in Exodus chapter 32, verse 32. After the Israelites had committed a most grievous sin by worshiping the golden calf, well, I guess instead of God. Yeah. Right, okay. It was Moses who pleaded on their behalf, even offering to take full responsibility and have his own name stricken, and then, we have in quotes, out of thy book which thou hast written, in recompense for their deed. Later in the Old Testament, we learn that there is nothing about an individual that is not known in this same book. In Psalm 139, David makes reference to the fact God has written down everything about him and all the details of his life, even that which is imperfect and those deeds which have yet to be performed. Wow. So we're getting the Reader's Digest Bible, I suppose. When we look at the Bible, there's a whole lot that isn't even in there. That's in the Bible. Yes, but God has that book. We don't have it. We get the Bible. God's got this book. That's got oh, right. everything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Akashic Records or the Book of Life for many individuals, this Book of Life is simply an imagery symbol of those destined for heaven and has its roots in the custom of recording genealogical records of names or perhaps early census taking. Traditional religion suggests that this book, either in literal or symbolic form, contains the names of all those who are worthy of salvation. The book is to be opened in connection with divine judgment. In the New Testament, those redeemed by Christ are contained within the book. Those not found in the book of life will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Is your name in there actually as Bella? 
or is it your soul name? If we reincarnate, then we are getting lots of different names along the way, aren't we? So are we given a soul name? Yeah, number 1,402 or something. <laughs> like, like an inmate number, but you You've got a barcode on your soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. So Hindus believe that a deity named Chitragupta is in charge of recording all of the deeds, both good and bad, that people perform during their lifetimes. He does so in the Akashic Records, which is a mystical code of everything that has ever happened in the universe. Chitragupta is an angelic being called a deva, and he works for the Hindu god of death, Yama writing down people's actions. Chitragupta's name is similar to the names of the two angels in Sikhism who recall people's deeds during their lifetimes, Chitta and Gupat, whose alternate names are Chitra and Gupta, which together form Chitragupta. Oh, interesting. Chitragupta notices and records absolutely everything a person chooses to do during his or her lifetime, believers say. Chitragupta knows all of the deeds and behaviours of each individual on Earth, writes Constance Victoria Briggs in her book Encyclopedia of the Unseen World, the ultimate guide to apparitions, deathbed visions, mediums, shadow people, wandering spirits, and much, much more. That sounds pretty good. I might have to get that book. Yeah. In his book Fasts and Festivals of India, Manish Verma writes that Chitragupta literally means hidden picture. And it is he who represents a true picture of our actions after death. Right. So the the, the point is that I don't I'm not gonna say all religions because obviously they're We've like, only looked at three. You know, but I'm just yeah. saying it it seems like there could be something to it, doesn't it? It seems how every religion has their sort of version and yet Yeah, it's and very and similar. somebody who's responsible for actually carrying out Yeah. You know, the the sort of um reviewing of the records and in fact ours looks like like is he like a grandfathery thing our what or or the the person our librarian yeah like i wonder if you think about it like if if, what if you don't believe in any kind of religion what if you're like an atheist or agnostic or whatever and well if you are an atheist or agnostic let us know let us know what you're yeah let us know what you think happens at the end Hmm. so In terms of reviewing the records for judgment, Yama carefully reviews the records that Chitragupta has kept on every person and then uses the recorded information about each person's actions to decide how to reincarnate that person in the next life. So you've got the person that writes the book, but then you've got the one who decides. He he gets to read it and decide if... Yeah, and gets to decide based upon what you learnt or didn't learn or what you experienced or didn't experience in this life, what you're going to go on to learn and experience the next time. So to hopefully build your on your level of enlightenment, if you like. That's pretty good, actually, because you know how they say, you know, people go, oh, well, when you get to the pearly gates, is God going to let you in or not? It's like that, what was that person Yama. thing? Yama. Yama. Yeah. Hmm. Person thing. <laughs> <laughs> he's, only, well, he's only like a deity, don't worry he's about a now. of death. It's, it's You've just now. pissed off Yama. Well, I'm not. Uh, by the way, we have no clue uh, if we are actually saying all of these names correctly. Yeah, apologies if We're not. trying to do the whole phonetic thing, but you know. Briggs writes in Encyclopedia of the Unseen World that Yama and his helpers takes the souls of people who've just died to a place called Yamalok to examine them. And his or her good and bad acts are recorded and kept by the god Chitragupta. From these records, Yama decides where the person will go in his or her next incarnation. Back then, they probably had to chisel it 
and then they went to writing and now there's there's like this big supercomputer somewhere that has all this information already on it. Yeah, it's like um on DVD now or Blu-ray. <laughs> and it is not on sale for 1,800 and some odd dollars. Well, no, it? but apparently you can access it for free. So these people are actually teaching you to hack. You know? Awesome. So it's interesting here. It actually says in this book, in the fasts and festivals of India, Verma actually writes that, again, it's Chitragupta who maintains the accounts for our good and bad actions in the world and that we're rewarded or punished accordingly in the afterlife. It says the good and evil deeds are reckoned and judgment passed by Yama. So he's like the judge and the jury. The good are then sent to one of the higher lokas or worlds and sinful are sent to hell to receive their desserts. Death by chocolate. Awesome. We shouldn't be taking a piss out. We've, we've be, taken a piss out of Yama, who's the, the deity of death. And now we're, <laughs> now, we're, now we're sort of like taking a piss out of hell. I think we, I think we need to calm the shit down. <laughs> well, maybe, but it all depends. Like maybe when they decide, cause, cause they read all your good and all your evil, maybe people, maybe, maybe they'll be like, well, you know, they did spread the word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're trying, yeah, we're doing our exactly. best. We've looked at the Akashic records as in it holds a record, et cetera, et cetera. Are people that are fortune tellers or people that are giving predictions are they tapping into the Akashic Records? Are like, they actually... Like prophets and... Yeah, are they actually just reading the book? Well, I'm sure just about everybody's probably heard of Nostradamus. I mean, he's like the... I couldn't spell it, but I've heard of him. No, but he's like the Grand Poobah of um, What'd you call prophets. What do you call him? <laughs> Grand Poobah. <laughs> Grand Poobah, what's that? <laughs> I don't know, it's just something... That just sounds like a log of shit. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Was it in the Flintstones, the Grand Poobah? I don't know. But. I don't know. But anyway, it's just, it's something that we say back home. Anyway, he's the he's the shit of the, the prophets. He's king shit. Right, yeah, yeah, king shit of the prophets. French apothecary. What is Nostra- it? And we do. What do you say? King shit of Turd Mountain. King shit of Turd. I was going to say that. And then I thought maybe I shouldn't say that. But. Why? We've got an explicit rating. You say whatever the fuck you want. Okay. <laughs> French apothecary Nostradamus published several collections of prophecies during his lifetime, predicting in sometimes ambiguous language world events from the death of Henry II to Hitler's reign. One of his most explicit forecasts involved the Great Fire of London that consumed the city in 1666. Nostradamus wrote, The blood of the just will be lacking in London, burnt up in the fire of 66. The ancient lady will topple from her high place. Many of the same sect will be killed. A lot of the stuff that Nostradamus wrote, you could apply to lots of different things, couldn't you? Because it was really ambiguous, well, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it's ambiguous, so you can find just about... Yeah. You can twist a lot. But, I mean, he said 66, but did he mean 1666 or 1766 or 1866 or 1966? So, Or is that an address where it started? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fire yeah. in, you know, number, house number 66 in London yeah. of some street yeah. or whatever. I, a long time ago, I watched a, like a documentary or something where they were talking about Nostradamus or Nostradamus or whatever they call him. But they say that he predicted World War One or Two, or and he's predicted World War Three. which, hey, hey, hello, we might just be living it. But um, again, it's really ambiguous. I mean, you could take any big sort of world event that's violent and go oh yeah he's talking about the war of 
something. What about the people that, you know, when 9-11 happened, there was a lot of people that apparently after that said that they had dreamt it the night before. And in fact, I I seem to remember that somebody had actually tried to tip off members of the government because they'd had like a crazy dream or something for a couple of nights running that something was going to happen. Really? I've never heard that before. Yeah. So I mean, we'll unless have to, that's yeah, I was gonna say unless unless that's some silly. Well, exactly. It could be people. It could be people afterwards that have gone. Oh yeah, I thought that was gonna happen because I dreamt it. So or jumping on the bandwagon of yeah. whatever. It was a horrible time, by the way. I, I oh totally. It was. I remember exactly where I was when that happened. It was very very surreal to to be there. It was well, I, I wasn't. I mean, it had ripples everywhere in the country. Yeah, definitely all so. over the world. It had ripples. Mm. And still does, I think. So um, we have another little thing for you. Debit cards became widely used in the late 1980s, but science fiction writer Edward Bellamy described a similar concept in his utopian novel, Looking Backward, 2000 to 1887. Dr. Leet explains to Mr. West that in the New World, a credit corresponding to his share of the annual product of the nation is given to every citizen, and a credit card issued him with which he procures at the public storehouses whatever he desires. So that was written in 1888. Hmm. They're talking about credit cards. So again, was that something that he saw, or is that just... A good science fiction writer. The thing is, there's so many things that back, you know, in the past, people probably thought, oh, one day we're going to have this thing that's going to fly through the air like a bird. But, oh, oh, we're going to have this little thing that you're going to be able to to write with that you don't have to dip in the ink. It's going to have it all in the little thing for you. Yeah. So how much of it is imagination and invention and how much of it is actual... Coincidence? Yeah. Well... The Simpsons, I don't know if you know this, but the Simpsons have been recorded several times as as to being able to predict from their episodes things that have gone on in the future. The Simpsons. What's that? What's that? How does that go in the very beginning? Don't get Okay. I'll worry about you. So this one came in season five, episode ten. And it said, after Springfield decides to legalise gambling, Mr Burns opens a casino where German magicians, Gunter and Ernst, perform a routine, seeming to spoof the long-running Las Vegas Siegfried and Roy show. Tragically, a bit in which the animated duo is attacked by their tiger came to fruition ten years later when Roy Horn was mauled on stage by a white Bengal tiger leaving him partially paralysed and ending the long-running production. I remember when that happened. Yeah. Well, if only he'd watched The Simpsons. Yeah, right. So that was predicted That was predicted in 1993 and happened in 2003, so it's a 10-year gap there. There's another one here which happened on Season 20, Episode 4, and this was regarding faulty voter machines. So this was inspired by the 2008 presidential election. Homer tries to vote for Barack Obama only to have a voting machine record his selection as John McCain several times. Coincidentally, when it came time for Obama to run for a second term in 2012, video footage emerged of a Pennsylvania machine switching a vote from Obama to his Republican opponent, Mitt Romney. The machine was reportedly taken out of commission. And now you can fast forward to all this recent stuff, can't (laughs) you? Exactly, exactly. Russia. 
well, get Russia and Hillary and yeah. Trump, you know, the election then. and So this relates to an episode in season 10, episode 2. The existence of the Higgs boson or God particle, a breakthrough that helps explain how everything in the universe has mass, wasn't confirmed by physicists until 2012. But according to Dr. Simon Singh, the author of The Simpsons and Their Mathematical Secrets, after Homer decided to become an inventor in the Wizard of Evergreen Terrace episode, he was pictured standing in front of a blackboard with an equation that predicted the mass of the yet-to-be-discovered particle. If you work it out, you get the mass of the Higgs boson that's only a bit larger than the nanomass of a Higgs boson actually is, he told The Independent. It's kind of amazing how Homer makes this prediction 14 years before it's discovered. Yeah, and it's I've a actually donut, got, isn't it? I've actually got a picture of it here for you, so you can see. That's the equation. And, I mean, that's some pretty crazy... <laughs> he was using a donut. I know. <laughs> but it's pretty crazy, isn't it, how there must have been some kind of mathematics, someone, someone with some kind of mathematical skills had to have done that. I mean, that wasn't... If I was doing a cartoon, I'd write down any mumbo-jumbo and say that's maths. But that apparently mm-hmm. is maths. Maybe that person was abducted by an alien the night before and well, given and given this formula and that's why he wrote it. Or maybe he accessed the Akashic Records and saw what the Higgs boson was going to be. Yeah, what was that? Do you remember when they were talking about that? Is it, So you're talking about that, like... Oh, God, I can't think. That machine that they said the, was The gonna, Large Hadron Collider in it, CERN, yeah. That, that's what you're talking... Yeah. Is that what... Awesome. I mean, that's a pretty big deal for, you know, him to write that equation. I remember when that was on the internet, and I can remember all the kids being scared because they thought... Well, there was a chance that it was going to create a sudden black hole and suck the world that, into yeah, it. And then we, yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? Like, yeah. So there's another one predicted in 2007... And when the Simpson family is forced to go into hiding following their escape from the EPA biodome enclosed in Springfield, the NSA locates Marge and the kids by listening in on their conversations. However, it wasn't until six years after the Simpsons movie hit theatres that Edward Snowden first blew the whistle on the government mass surveillance of Americans' phone and internet records. So that was the NSA spying scandal that it predicted in 2007 and actually came true in 2013. Smartwatches, apparently Lisa predicted that uh, when she visits Fortune Teller in Season 6, Episode 19 at a Renaissance Fair. Viewers are transported 15 years into the future to 2010, a time when wristwatch communication technology exists. However, even the Simpsons Future Society was little ahead of its time as modern voice recognition enabled smartwatches were rolled out in 2014. So I think that's one of those things that we were talking about where it's just... It's just the natural progression yeah i remember in but rogers and stuff like that and and yeah, in star and trek they, they the used to have thing, the little communicator yeah. watches and stuff so one one of the interesting ones is uh greece uh season 23 episode 10 uh, when homer appears as a guest commentator on a cable news show head butt a ticker runs across the bottom of the screen that reads europe puts greece on ebay of course this was three years before greece became the first developed country to default to the international monetary fund plunging the country deeper into economic pro- crisis Oh, hell, that's happening to all the countries now, isn't it? Well, especially us. So, anyway, there's lots of lots of uh, different things. We'll put the link to the show notes in there, and you can read all of those Simpsons predictions. There's 13 of them. Well, now, 13, and how many Simpsons episodes? Had that spanned 20-some years, didn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, again, was it coincidence? How much of it is coincidence? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
But but that, that equation, that Higgs boson yeah, no, equation, that's, that's, that's not coincidence. Yeah, that's 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 a little strange. You should you should get that and put it on Twitter so people can see it. Yeah, and see what what sort of things people might say. Yeah, okay. On Twitter. <laughs> so um, I guess if think about it, we don't know if the Akashic records are true. We don't know if. Nostradamus really had any special skills. We don't know about psychics. There's so many things that we don't know. But apparently, if you buy the Simpsons box set or something, you might learn all the secrets <laughs> exactly. of the world, right? Exactly. So, are we done? Yes, I think we're more or less done. So, what's our takeaway from this? Our takeaway is that, again, like we've said before, if you want to believe it, that's absolutely fine. But please do your research before you go parting with hundreds or even thousands of dollars. All right, guys, well, thank you very much for listening again. Please do send in your stories to weirdwackywonderful at outlook.com and we will look forward to hopefully reading some of your stories. Yeah, and to all my American friends, nobody better lay a finger on my butterfinger, the world according to Bart Simpson. <laughs> you may not get it if you don't look it up. All right, take it easy, guys. Have a good one. Speak to you next week.